on this week's FPL Happy Hour. Even though I had, to, I had to spend like five minutes convincing Suj that you were Panda. He was yeah. like, that's not Rob. And I was like, mate, it's Rob. And he was like, it's not fucking Rob. And I was like, mate, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Hello and welcome to FPL Happy Hour, episode three of season three. With myself, Sham, otherwise known as FPL Two Guys One Cup on Twitter. And myself, Rob, otherwise known as FPL Panda. Rob, how are you, mate? Um, I've recovered. <laughs> uh, took took a while to recover from the exploits of the weekend, but yeah, all good. Lots of lots I... of lots of sport on TV at the moment. There's something big yeah, going the on Olympics. in in, uh, in Japan. So yeah, that's been quite nice. Whilst working at home, just being able to. Like just have it on in the background watch some dancing horses yesterday for a bit and... <laughs> how did you find the meetup um yeah it was good fun like um from what i can remember <laughs> um yeah like meeting like so many faces that we've interacted with um in the last couple of years really um like yeah haven't met anyone before so apart from yourself and it was like, yeah, good to just put face to Twitter handle and um, yeah, have a few beers and have a few. Even though beers. I had to, I had to spend like five minutes convincing Suj that you were Panda. He was yeah. like, "That's not Rob," and I was like, <laughs> "Mate, it's Rob," and he was like, "It's not fucking Rob," and I was like, "Mate, it is." <laughs> um, yeah, that was quite amusing. Um, yeah, it was the fact that yeah, like hi, hi Suj, because you're probably watching. Um, yeah, he sits there and he watches, like he watches the YouTube videos rather than the recordings of the audio. So he sees it all. There's like been stuff that I've done uh, with Planet FPL for competitions or season and stuff where I was on the videos and um, yeah, I must look really different in person. I don't know. Yeah. Um, You're definitely taller. I did say that. I'm, you, I'm, yeah, I'm, taller, I'm taller in person. Well, it's because um, like, my, do you want me to sit a bit like, should I sit like this from now on? My highlight of the evening was um, when I was with Claire. Hi, Claire, if you're listening. Um, and we, she's a West Ham fan. And we went into a rendition of I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles in the middle of the pub and just belted that in the middle of the pub. And then everyone was looking and we just loved it. Is that the first pub? <laughs> That was, was that the I think yeah. I, I think that's like one of the very it last the things that. I can remember. Um, after that, like, yeah. like after everyone left the editors tap and we all went on to Brewdog. Um, yeah, Brewdog was just a blur to me. Um, I just the only reason I know that I was there was a I was trying to find my glasses, looking for Brewdog for two hours on at like one a.m. in the morning, and um, my bank bank balance or bank statement <laughs> said that I was at Brewdog. Um, it said that I was also very drunk. Um, so yeah, cheers to everyone that was there. It was great to meet you all. And um, yeah, look forward to the next opportunity to have all the Guinness in London. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. Really, really, really good. Uh, right. Let's crack on with today's show. So um, in tonight's episode, we're going to be discussing the wildcard one strategy as voted for on Twitter. 
Um, so we'll be discussing that and then we'll be looking at some mid-price midfielders uh, followed by some Twitter Q&A. So let's start with the wildcard one strategy. And I guess with this, it's just a case of an early look into where we might be wildcarding. Um, a lot of people have different strategies. Some people will be doing it ad hoc. Some people will have a set strategy that they want to do it by this particular game week, etc. We just thought we'd have a quick look see when there's the major fixture swings and when to target it. Um, I guess I'll go first. And for myself, um, because I'll be taking a, um, a different strategy this year and I'll be going by the ownership model strategy, I guess my um, aim of when to do the wildcard really depends on when the template changes. So when the percentage ownership changes drastically is when I'm going to have to trigger that wild card. And if it's kind of like a case of doing a more than a minus four, that's when I'm going to have to then look at doing the wild card. Um, I think outside of that, uh, my initial thoughts were like game week um, seven or eight. I've seen, I've seen a few um, uh, fixing swings there. So you've got a Villa between eight and 13. I've got a good fixture swing. Uh, between 4 and 14, Wolves look good. 7 and 13, Uniteds don't look great. Um, and then between 8 and 18, Cities look good. Between 7 and 12, Cities look good. Uh, sorry, Chelsea's look good. And then between 4 and 11, Arsenal's look good. So those are kind of the major swings that I saw. And it all kind of revolves around 7 and 8. Um, so for me, that's kind of what I'm initially looking at. But like I say, if early on a new template starts to change, that's when I'm going to have to move. And it could be as early as game week four, potentially. Um, so that's kind of my initial thoughts. And I don't know what you think, Rob. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like setting up their team. Um, and for those that are watching on the YouTube, you can see the um, the ticker there for the first four game weeks um, of the season. And um, yeah, you've got some sort of nice little fixtures for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people like we've seen a lot of people get like Sanchez and um, Lamptey or Veltman or Duncan because Brighton have got those first four game weeks that are, are quite good um, and then after that they've got Leicester in game week five, Palace away game week six which is a derby um, and then they've got Arsenal um, game week seven so it kind of gets a bit trickier after that then they've I mean they've got City and then Liverpool in nine and ten so yeah Brighton like those that have got the double up defensively um, we'll probably be looking to move away from that after the first um, four or five game weeks. Um, likewise, with, as you said, with United, um, relatively decent fixtures for the first four game weeks. Um, then, you know, game week five, West Ham away um, could be the first, like, little tricky one. Um, but then between seven and 11, um, they play... Everton, Leicester, Liverpool, Spurs and Man City. Um, and a lot of people, it looks like, are going to be starting with three United assets, which um, three months ago would have probably been unheard of. It might have been a case of Bruno and that's about it. Now I think a lot of people are struggling to work out who they want in um, their team from United because of how strong they've um, dealt in the transfer window. Um, Likewise with Spurs, um, like people might want to jump on for not necessarily game week one, but 
um, Wolves, Watford, Palace after that. Um, then they've got the Chelsea, got Chelsea and Arsenal in five and six. Um, so they might want to jump on Spurs assets from game week two onwards, but then be looking to come off them after game week four. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for the um, game week four. Um, see what we did there? All for the game week four um, yeah. wildcard, um, because there there is that, um, especially from the bigger teams, there is um, a few fixture swings there. Um, but personally, I'm now I've never been keen on using my wild card early. Um, I like to save it for a bit um, to kind of try and um, get some of the in. Like you've got two international breaks um, in September and October. Um, I think the first international breaks after is between game week three and four, um, which um, yeah, international breaks bring injuries along because it's World Cup qualifiers as well, so it's not friendlies or anything. Um, so you're going to get um, players getting injured and um, yeah, all sorts of trouble that you might not expect. Um, so yeah, I'd like to kind of at least get one um, or two of the international breaks out of the way. So I. I tend to wait at least sort of 10 game weeks in um, and try and just make sure I can navigate my way through. Um, so I'll be, yeah, like everyone, I'll be loading up on these um, first four or five uh, game weeks, um, but confident enough that I won't be like needing to splash out transfers and hopefully, unless Kane does move to City, then um, yeah, I'll be able to sort of carry that game week one transfer um, all the way through with me and just use like so don't use a transfer of game week one and then um yeah carry it over constantly and just make one transfer a week um until that fixture swing happens and um yeah hopefully be in a good place um by the time everyone else is wildcarding at the start um so i'm actually looking later on um for those who are on video um i'll bring the fixtures up now um so around game week 12 and 13, um, there's a few teams that uh, have some favourable fixtures, some teams that you could rotate um, between uh, like defensively, where they've got maybe some cheaper 4.5 um, defensive assets where you could um, have one and then bench them the next week um, for a different one. Um, but my main um, thing is the fixtures for uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, Leicester, Liverpool, Man City and Man United um, all around this time look very favourable. I mean, Chelsea probably got the worst out of those four or five. Um, they played Leicester, Man United, um, Watford, West Ham, Leeds, Everton. Um, but they they would have had the a nice fixture run um, leading up to that, where they would have played Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley um, before those fixtures. So they're obviously a team that you'd be targeting with the early wild card, and you might have them. Yep. Those, and I'll be looking to sort of buy game week uh, seven when they play Southampton. I'll be looking at having. Um, two or three um, Chelsea assets in my side. Um, also knowing that the week before, though, they play they play City. So got to be careful of who I'm bringing in 
um, as my cover there. But with United, um, they play Watford, then they've got Chelsea, then Arsenal. But then after that, they've got Palace, Norwich, Palace at home, Norwich away. Um, sorry, I'm just bringing it up on my screen. So I've got, they've got Palace at home, Norwich away, Brentford away, uh, Brighton at home. Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Wolves at home, Villa away, and then they play West Ham at home in 23. <laughs> um, so, That's a ridiculous run. yeah, they've got this crazy run of games and sort of by then we'll know pretty much know what the system's going to be, um, how they, like, there's lots of talk at the moment whether they're going to go into a 4-3-3 um, or whether... And Bruno kind of sit back a little bit more to allow more freedom for the front three, um, or whether Bruno will still be staying in that sort of hole behind the nine. Um, so it's, well, we might not know for sure, even in game week one, what's going to happen because because it's Leeds and they might set up slightly differently tactically. Um, so we'll have lots of information about United by then. Um, also by then, pretty much the whole squad will be fully fit. Um, I think even Rashford will be there or thereabouts after his shoulder surgery. Um, then City, so City, um, as you see, so they play Man, Man United and City play each other in game week 11. Um, and then City play Everton in 12, West Ham in 13, then Villa away, then Watford away, then Wolves at home, Leeds at home, Newcastle away, Leicester at home. Brentford away. Um, that's up to game week 20. So again, for City, some really good fixtures. And if they've got Harry Kane there, I think you'd be captaining him out of Mostly. those seven weeks, probably five of them. You're probably captaining Harry Kane. Um, and if you haven't got Harry Kane, you'll be captaining Kevin De Bruyne. Um, so yeah, City from then, um, I think, they're well worth a treble up. Um, you'd probably end up going treble defence so that you could afford either Kane or De Bruyne. Um, it's tricky. There's some tricky price points for City. Double defence, you mean? Yeah, double defence. Um, there's some tricky price points with their attackers where it'd be tough to get have a De Bruyne and Kane um, and then a Sancho yeah. from Man United. Um so, yeah, um, I'd probably be looking at yeah, defensively at City um, with Liverpool um, in that time. So they have Arsenal in 12, um, which we'll know more about Arsenal um, come that point in the season. They're still one of those teams that it's hard to have that bias from them, like from the last couple of seasons where they've been very inconsistent. Um, and I, I, I think I still want to see some more additions in there. Would you, would you agree? Like defensively, with and, Arsenal, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, I, it's there a wait and see. I can't tell. I can't ever tell with Arsenal. Hmm. So, yeah, we'll know more about Arsenal. Um, so Liverpool play Arsenal in game week twelve, but then Liverpool have Southampton at home. They have Everton away in the derby. Then Wolves away. Villa at home. Newcastle at home, Spurs away, Leeds away, Leicester away, Chelsea away. So 
there's a few fixtures in there that like the Southampton at home, Wolves away, Villa at home, Newcastle at home, those uh, four fixtures um, will be worth targeting with Liverpool assets. Now, that's just, that's three teams there that have got um, a lot of premium players. And I think for yourself, it's probably going to be, that's going to be a tough time to follow a template because I don't think there's going to be um, much of a, I think there'll be people taking gambles in going in different directions at this point. Agreed. Agreed. There'll be, there'll be people going for United. There'll be people going, well, we say this now, like any of these teams could lose six of the first 12 games and you might be put off them completely. Um, but in theory, all three of them should, um, have had a decent start and you well with United they'd have come off the back of four or five tricky fixtures and we'll know exactly where they are sort of standing as a as a content like people have said that um yeah is the signings of Sancho and Varane is that enough for them to be title contenders do they need more um but by then we'll I think I think overall, um, it looks like the, there's wildcard possibilities in 4, 8 or 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as in game week 4, 8 or 12. Like, there's merit for all three, I think. Hmm. Um, and it really depends. So, I think this year, which is different to last year, so a lot of people prefer to um, wildcard before the doubles, right? So the doubles, you know, back end of game week, like around game week 30-ish this year, aren't they? Um, there isn't any major doubles like around 20, which there was last year. Yeah. Um, and so last year it was a case of you could leave a wild card, you could do a wild card early because you knew that around game week 20 you were going to do another wild card or some people did it around game week 20, right? Whereas this year... A lot of people that are going to be playing it alongside the doubles, the second wild card, are going to have to wait till at least game week 30. So if you do end up doing an early wild card around game week four or eight, you've got 20 weeks before you're then going to use your next one, which is a quite a long period of time, right? Mm -hmm. So, you, you, you know, your theory of waiting quite a long time does ring true. And it's probably the one of the better options to go with. Um Unless you're going to just navigate it with with just you know your 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 free transfers, basically that's the only other thing. If you are going to go early, is just bearing in mind you if you are planning to use the second one around the doubles, you'll have to wait at least twenty five weeks to use it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is why I mean, I was one of those people um, that used to like wildcard in sort of the first three or four weeks. I think. Three seasons ago, I wildcarded in game week three. Um, That's what I did last year. Because I felt I was sort of, I'd fallen so far behind um, already with just the wrong decisions at the start and players I brought in were wrong. Um, but then I've kind of learned to be a bit more patient. Um, last year, it didn't, I mean, for a lot of people, that saved that wild card for um, game week. I think it was game week 17 or 18, something like that. Like it was really late uh, hitting the wild card button. And um, yeah, a lot of people, it didn't, it wasn't worth it. 
um, waiting that long. And for me, it wasn't worth waiting that long because I think it was a really low scoring double game week um, that everyone was trying to target. Um, so, yeah, the, I think yeah, while carding too early, it leaves you very vulnerable sometimes um, to injuries, to teams not performing as expected. Like a lot of people um, would have been last season wildcarding and making sure they had like a lot of people going on to like a triple Liverpool defence early. Um, and then Van Dijk gets injured. When was that? Like game week four? Game week five? Mm-hmm. And then you're screwed. Um, and there was a lot of people then stuck with a double Liverpool defence for a long time. Um, like hoping that they'd regain that form and it never happened. So it's like situations like that that could occur. Like they're very, it's very rare that it would occur, but a lot of people were caught out um, while carding early um, and locking into a uh, Liverpool defence. Um, and it didn't, yeah, it didn't work out. Um, so you know, I, I've, I'm always the kind of person that likes a bit of it, like to try and get as much information as possible. Um, especially where there's so many of the um, forwards and like there's so many value forwards in the Premier League this season that we don't necessarily know enough about. Um, like are like some of them are they um, were they one season wonders for last season and they're not going to pull it pull off the same numbers again. Um, yeah. And is are there? And then there's other players like Ivan Tony, who we've spoken about a fair bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, are they good enough to be in a Premier League striker? Um, and at the moment, I think it's like 40% of managers in the game um, believe that he is good enough, so they've got him in their team. But they might not want him after a few weeks. Um, but by Sort of ten game weeks in, we'll yeah, know about these players and um, yeah, know whether they can handle it at this level. So that's kind of why I always try to avoid the early ones. And yeah, that's why I saw saw this um, yeah late fixture swing in um, sort of game week twelve thirteen that yeah, it just caught my eye and uh, especially with the sort of those big three um, clubs Liverpool, United, and City. Um, yeah, with their fixtures and I mean for those on the video you can also see there there's West Ham, Spurs, uh, Leicester, Leeds, Chelsea, uh, Burnley and Arsenal who've also all got um, relatively okay fixtures like the other those that other sort of group they've they might have one or two uh, teams that finished in the top four last season in the space of those six game weeks between 12 and 17. Um, but as I said, at the top, like, yeah, they're teams that you might be able to find a bit of a bargain that you can rotate in and out the players with teams that haven't got the, uh, that have got the fixture in that particular game week. Okay, cool. Right. Anything else to discuss on the wildcard one strategy then before we move on? Um, no, not for now. Um, I think, yeah, it's something that I've, once we get to the first international break, we can like reassess it. Because um, again, I think that wild card one, it's important for 
setting yourself up because knowing that it's going to be for probably about 10 to 15 game weeks um, that you're setting yourself up for. So you, I think, yeah, you've got to sort of have a look um, back at uh, sort of the fixtures that have passed um, and see which players are overperforming slash underperforming, who's decent value for money, um, especially myself looking at stats this season um, to try and navigate my way through with my team. I'm, I want as much information and we all know that stats such as XG, XA, um, they, don't, they don't work if you're only using a, like five game weeks. Yeah, yeah. You, want, um, you want players that have played um, sort of upwards of sort of six to 700 minutes at least um, before you're thinking of uh, a wild card. So you're going to be looking at sort of game week 10 there. Um, so, yeah. Okay, right. Let's move on then to our topic. And this is one that we chose. Um, and we're going to be looking at some mid-price midfielders. So uh, both of us have chosen three players each that we like. Uh, from between uh, 6.5 and 8.5 um, and we thought we would uh, tell you about the players and then why we've chosen those players and then we'll look after we've discussed that Rob will go through some statistics um, of those players and how they how they look so if I talk about my three that I've chosen first it's better yep. just to write them all out um, so I looked at uh, I liked uh, the look of Bowen, Rafinha and Foden um, so I'll go through each one quickly why I, I like them. So uh, Bowen, I've been watching him. So obviously I'm a West Ham fan. I've been watching him in pre-season uh, and he's looking a lot more attacking than what he normally is. Obviously he's been playing on that wing anyway, um, but he's been playing a lot better um, towards the back end of last season. He um, he didn't play as much because Lingard was there and he didn't. some of the games he didn't start. Ben Rama was starting more, so he didn't play it as much. Um, but I really like the look of Lingard, uh, of um, Bowen, and, and and actually I like the look of Ben Rama as well. But obviously we were looking at just six point five and above. Um, if it was six, I would have chosen Ben Rama. Uh, but yeah, I think Bowen's one to look out for this season. Um, Rafinha um, goes without saying, um, his price is ridiculously cheap for his production in terms of what he's producing. Um, he a lot of people, you know, I've seen some tweets going around that you know, so Suchek and uh, Bowen scored more points than Rafinha last season, but Rafinha didn't play that many minutes. He obviously got he always also got a, a, you know a horrible injury as well. Um, but I think after game week one, their fixtures look good, and I think he's a really good option. Uh, and then Phil Foden's my other one. It, it is dependent whether or not he starts right, like. Um, we saw the back end of last season, Foden was starting to get minutes. Uh, he was playing well in the Champions League. Um, he didn't get that much of a look in for England. That much, really. He didn't really play. Um, but <clears throat> I think this could be his breakout season where he starts delivering and, and starting in that uh, City eleven. I think if he can get that start regularly in that eleven, I think he can definitely perform. I mean, with Foden, uh, so like... Yeah. With the rumours that they're trying to offload Sterling, that would be supposedly to make room for Foden to play um, down that left side um, of the of the midfield. Um, but then you'd worry if uh, if a certain Jack Grealish thing gets signed by City. Take that spot. 
um, yeah. because then it, it will just leave Foden in the same space, same sort of position that um, he has been before, kind of rotating with other players in and out. Um, the likes of um, yeah, in the past, it's been Sterling, KDB, and occasionally uh, down the right hand side um, where he's been rotating. Um, or it also depends on whether City sign a striker, I guess. Um, like yep. We've seen at times where KDB was deployed as a false nine and whether Foden's able to sort of fill in that spot behind, um, like in that area around and behind um, and rotate with KDB in and out um, of that false nine. So it, that would be interesting. But I think at the moment, um, yeah, I'm just not sure, and we're not sure what's gonna who's the sort of comings and goings at Man City. Um, I think they're gonna be very busy in the next um, week or so. Um, I think we'll see a lot of transfer activity in and out of both Manchester clubs. Um, right, you can talk through your three. So my three, um, I've gone with Nicolas Pepe, which. Uh, I'm, some out some people out there might be laughing but i think trying to take away my own bias um because i i think overall he hasn't been that impressive overall maybe not worth the, the money that was paid for him um but towards the end of last season um he was pretty good and um a lot more consistent um and uh, at times a real threat like one of arsenal's main threats um, so, yeah, I, I, and at 7.5, I think, where last season, I think he was 8.5. Um, might have been More a than that, I think it was 9.5. So, yeah, so he wouldn't have been, there'd been no value in him whatsoever. And I think at 7.5, I think you've got a great bit of value, especially from if we see an Arsenal side um, that is performing consistently well. Um so, yeah, I've gone with Nicolas Pepe, first of all. Um, second up, I've gone with Mason Greenwood. Um, so he's 7.5 mid. Um, I think uh, once we get into sort of the European part of the season, um, I could see him starting as a number nine a lot, um, rotating with Cavani. Um, and I think if he... But if he does really perform well, I think he could potentially um, lock himself in as a starter up front for United. Um, still, obviously, very young. Um, and at times last season, we didn't see what we saw from him um, during the project restart when he was just on fire. Um, but I think with the extra creativity that we're getting from Sancho and with that, the, the speed that we're probably going to see United come forward at teams, like we're going to see them break at teams with like rapid pace. And I think that just it fits Greenwood perfectly. Um, the ball moving very quickly from back to front. Um, and yeah, I mean, we know that he can finish. He's got one of the sweetest strikes um, in, well, that I've seen in the league. Uh, there's not many people that can strike a ball as sweet as him with both feet as well. So, yeah, I really like Mason Greenwood this season. And, yeah, the potential for out of position um, also makes him that bit more valuable. And then finally, Mason Mount, who I think is criminally 
underpriced at 7.5 million. Um, that, it shocked me when uh, I was I was like having a look at the player through the players uh, for this, and I was just like, who who is there? Who is there in that gap? And I just saw Mason Mount there. And I was like, and I swear that he was a million more because <laughs> um, he, I mean, he he has been brilliant, but maybe the inconsistencies of Chelsea at the start of the season um, up until uh, Lampard got sacked and Tuchel took over, I think from that moment on, um, he's been seen as one of Tuchel's favourites. Like he's one of the first teams on the team, first teams, first names on the team sheet. Um, he's very creative, often on um, most set pieces, unless uh, Ziyech is on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I just, I think, especially with England, he was um, quite impressive when he played as well. Um, it, I think he's let down, been let down at Chelsea last season by the form of Timo Werner. Um, like, there's, he was he, brilliant creatively, um, but they just not having Chelsea without a sort of a proper informed striker really suffered. Um, and they, I mean, they're another one team that I think they're definitely in the market for a, a number, a new number nine um, in the next couple of weeks. So they'll be another team that, if um, they make that signing, I mean, Mason Mount could be um, great value there at seven point five. Cool. Right. Um, do you want to have a look at it from a statistical point of view? Then we've got some stats on there. And pick out some ones that you who tops the stats out of all of these midfielders. So who who should we be looking at? Who I guess from our eye test point of view in our gut, which is what the three that we chose were each. Um, who's coming out from the stats the best? Um, so we'll just go off on let's go on basic goals first. Um, and this actually shocked me. Um, so out of those six, um, the only player to hit double figures goals um last season was uh nicholas pepe with 10. oh wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> um with at not 0.56 goals per 90 um which i mean that's pretty good return to be fair for someone that's ended up being priced mm -hmm. at 7.5 mil um so yeah i was uh pleasantly surprised when i saw um that particular stat um I mean, second up in the list is Phil Foden, um, nine goals um, at uh, 0.5 goals per 90. So again, a decent return there from Phil Foden um, at 8 million. So yeah, I'm just very surprised by Nicolas Pepe being up there. Um, I mean, Bowen did have his problems with injury. Rafinha only signed um, late into the season. Um, Greenwood, as we said, didn't hit the, that form. Um, um, Mount probably not much of a goal scorer, more of a creator. Um, so you wouldn't be looking really for goals from him. Um, and then assists um, for last season, the top assists out of these six. Um, and again, the only one to reach double figures um, was Rafinha um, with 11 assists um, at 0.36 assists per 90, which again is um, the top out of the six. Um, yeah, and, and to think though, that 
could and should have been. I mean, we spoke about it. Um, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? We spoke about Patrick Bamford um, and how much, how well Rafinha had done to with that supply from the right hand side, and just no one seemed to be able to finish the crosses he put in. Um, so you, you could probably put that closer to twenty if people finished the chances he created. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that leads us on to um, shot creating actions. So um, passes that uh like led into like it was a dangerous pass that then gave it to someone to then lay it off to the striker for a shot um so shot creating actions um the most is mason mount um, with 163 shot creating actions over the course of last season with a massive 5.08 per 90. um wow so the closest to him was Rafinha with 133. And then after that, there's no player over 80. Um, Jared Bowen's on 78. Um, so Rafinha, 4.33 shot creating actions per 90. Then uh, Bowen's like almost just over half of that at 2.74. Um, so that, that, goes, that kind of backs up what I was saying about Mount. Being very like very much the creative player in that Chelsea side, um, and the Chelsea side that I think it'll be very interesting to see them at the start of the season with that added pressure of being European champions. How will that fare on them? Will it? Um, will they start the season off very confidently, or will there be a sort of a bit of a nervousness um, because? Like normally, you'd um, sort of rate a team that wins the European Cup the season before. You'd put them as um, favourites, if not joint or joint favourites at least, of to win the league. Um, and yeah, at the moment, I think City, Liverpool, and United all sit above them as favourites to win the league. Um, so it's, I think, a lot of people have forgotten, maybe forgotten about Chelsea a little bit. Um, with the excitement of the Euros. So goal creating actions. So these uh, actions that um, led to, they would have led to a shot that then went in. Um, so out of Rafinha's 133 shot creating actions, 20 of those led to goals. Um, whilst like Mason Mount with his 163, only 14 led to goals. Um, but, um, neither of them top it per 90. Phil Foden tops it per 90 at 0.78, um, which, I mean, I think it's kind of, un it would be understandable with Phil Foden um, only playing 1,616 minutes last season compared, I mean, Mount was two facts, like almost 2,900, Rafinha almost 2,800. Um, yeah, I didn't realise Foden didn't play that much. Um, really, he seems to be on the pitch quite like almost every game, but it's only ever sort of cameo appearances, and a lot of his mm -hmm. sort of big performances where he's played more of the game were in Europe, Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Um, where we, I mean, he was brilliant in the knockout stages, wasn't he? So, uh, like you said, the potentials there with Foden to 
like if he's on the pitch for longer, then he should, the return should come with it. Um, that's what that says to me. Then finally, we'll just move on to like a little bit of sort of XG and XA for, for those that like it. Uh, for those that don't like it, skip on for a minute and um, you can join us afterwards. Um, XG, um, top of the XG for this, for these six um, is Mason Greenwood at 7.4, uh, 7.4 goals, which is 0.37 per 90. Um, Nicholas Pepe um, actually has the highest per 90 XG, which is 0.39 um, with his seven uh, expected goals. Then XA, uh, top of that is Rafinha, um, expected assists of 9.2, um, his actual is 11. So he outperformed his expected assists, but um, yeah, his uh, per 90 was 0 0.3, um, which I mean, for out of everyone, out of everyone there, um, there's not, sort of the high, next highest after that is Mount at 0 0.24. Um, so, yeah, comfortably ahead. But, I mean, with all of these players, that they, I mean, other than Jared Bowen, um, and as you said, though, I mean, I think the transfer of Jesse Lingard affected him negatively with his output because uh, he was generally pushed out to the right-hand side um, where he had Sufau overlapping him a lot. Um, so Sufau's output would have been um, more reflective of Jared Bowen's. Um, yep, agreed. So, yeah, he, he, like if they don't sign um, another player to play in that role, um, Ben Rama stays out on the left. Um, and like we said, I think last week, we said that um, he's a player to watch for the start of the season, see where he's um, playing in that West Ham side. Um, and hopefully, yeah, those numbers um, will improve. But with the rest of them, they all, they're all fairly, like they all top the charts in sort of one or, well, some of them top the charts in sort of five or six areas, some top them in three or four. Um, I mean, my, my take on it overall, like obviously there is a difference in price between um, you know, the top and the bottom. So what was it? Rafinha 6.5 and um, who is it? The highest? Foden. Foden eight. Eight. Yeah. Yep. Um, my feeling is it, depending on your squad makeup, but generally you're probably only going to have a maximum of two of these players, right? Yeah. Because most people are going to have <clears throat> Bruno and Salah or, or, or Salah and Sancho or Salah and Son, for example, and then you're going to have a maximum of these two types of players, right? Um, I think value for money-wise, it looks like Rafinha appears to be that the main one. Hmm. Um, yep, agreed. The one that kind of is a standout at 6.5. He got the most assists. Um, and then goals-wise, he was um, three behind Pepe, who was... Um, who scored 10 and obviously Rafinha scored 7. Bear in mind, Rafinha didn't play as much last year as well, uh, but then nor did kind of Pepe or, or, 
or Foden, really. I mean, well, I the, think... these these outputs and stats also include um, for Rafinha. They include uh, I've forgotten who he played for the start of last season. But it does include. No, he was that, a, but... he was a leak from the beginning. Oh well, he was got... leak from Leeds from the beginning. Oh, it must have been right at the beginning that he. Um, I think he played one or two games for someone else. Um, yeah, so club. I, th- I yeah, I, th- I think Rafinha appears to be the main standout. But I think what this gives you is an idea to when they hit those fixture swings, you can look at moving those players on. I don't think these are the Brunos and the Salas and the Canes that you keep in for 38 game weeks. You know, these are the types of players that you have in for those periods of time. So between four and 11, Pepe, uh, Arsenal have got really good fixture on. So you could look at that. Um, the beginning, um, I think between three and eight or something like that, Leeds have got a good fixture on. So you could look at, at, at Rafinha. And I think it's a case of picking these players as... As the fixtures your, turn it in as, and as out. The fixtures. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's what I think the Potter players will be good for. I don't think they they will be good for that long period of thirty, you know, ten game weeks or fifteen game weeks or whatever. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on it. That's that's my opinion. I don't know if yours is any different to that, Rob. But... Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, there's players like Foden, Greenwood. I've, I think Foden may be slightly overpriced, um, depending on how many minutes he's going to be playing. Because um, for eight million, you want to be pl- have your an eight million midfielder. You want them to be starting like week in, week out, really, don't you? Um, you don't want to have yeah. eight million getting you one point. Um, so yeah, you want your eight million midfielder to be starting, and it's likewise uh, for Greenwood as well. Which I think with Rashford out, I think Greenwood does start. Um, Mason Mount is pretty much locked in. I think Pepe is pretty much locked in and Rafinha's locked in. Like, I think it's just Foden, really, that we're not sure about out of those six. The rest should and will start uh, the majority of games. Um, so, you, yeah, you, you've got to look for those fixture swings and yeah, use these players as to target. And maybe when we get to um, those sort of later fixture swings sort of around... Uh, eight and around for uh, 12, 13, um, we can come back and look at some of these players again. And um, like, because we might want to, for like, as we said, with that 12, 13 time, we might want um, Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden in our teams if they're starting the majority of games. Um, and yeah, we, but we won't know at, at the start of the season. Um, and yeah, and that. Game week eight time, Mason Mount could be in almost every team out there, um, especially if he starts yeah. the season well. Okay, let's go to some questions then. Uh, Rob, have you got those questions loaded up? We asked for some from the Twitter sphere. The, the Twitter sphere community. Yes, yeah, so we've, uh, we've yeah. got a few. Um, we'll start off with a half hour fantasy podcast because um, his question actually relates to Rafinha. So, Whilst we're on the subject, um, hi guys, Rafinha Harrison double up thoughts after game week one. Would you have both of them? So, uh, Leeds have got Everton at home, Burnley away, Liverpool at home, and then a very, very good run between five and uh, five and ten. 
they've got Newcastle, West Ham, West Brom, uh, sorry, not West Brom, West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves, and then Norwich. I wouldn't look at the double up from game week one, is my opinion, um, but I would potentially look at them from game week five or seven. Um, I'm, I, I actually took out Rafinha from my side um, today to try and fit in Sun to see if I can try and squeeze him in. Hmm. Um, but you can't. So I, I can if I go out. Yeah, so I'm, I, at the moment, I just kind of say what I've looked at. So I'm looking at uh, Sun and a 4.5 forward versus Rafinha and DCL. Same sort of money, hmm. but I'm just looking at the options uh, and then starting a 4.5 defender instead. Um, so those are the options. I'm just trying to weigh it up and work out what's best at the moment. Uh, but yeah, uh, me personally, I'm not looking at the double up. I might do from game week five. I don't know. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, um, I'm I'm umming and ahhing um, about the double up. I think it all depends on how I like the rest of my team. Um, I'm still a long way from having my team lock in. Um, but yeah, and like where I'll be looking at the stats, I probably won't be, like, I'll probably go with Rafinha, um, but I won't be looking at getting a second Leeds asset um, straight away, especially when with uh, Wolves, we we don't know what sort of Wolves side we're going to get, and it could be a very, could be a very good Wolves side come um, game week three. We just don't know enough about them at the moment. Um, same like Southampton, um, I'm looking at the wrong team. Everton, Burnley, Liverpool, those fixtures. And I'm, for some reason, I was looking at Man United fixtures. Um, so, yeah, Everton, Burnley, Liverpool. Everton, uh, well, they're an unknown, like Wolves. Um, Burnley, would we be counting on uh, Leeds to go crazy against Burnley? I'm not sure. And then Liverpool, who by then, would, I'd imagine, will be pretty much full strength. Well, well, they will be at full strength. I think Van Dijk started a friendly yesterday or the day before. Um, so you'd imagine that they're very close to being a full strength side. And yeah, I just, I think having one of them is okay. I'm not sure about the double up though. Not until I see, see the numbers telling me to. All right. Okay. Same question. So next up, um, Paul. Um, or FPL Glasto, what sleepers are on your watch list? So what players are there that won't be in your team, but you're just going to be keeping an eye on um, in the opening game weeks of the season, possibly for that wild card move? Uh, so Ben Rama, um, Saar, Watford Saar, hmm. West Ham's Ben Rama, and uh, for game week four, uh, Pepe from Arsenal. Um, You've basically stolen my my answer. Saul was someone I was thinking of, and Pepe obviously was another one. That's why I wanted to kind of have a look at uh, the numbers uh, in this, and then Mbwemo, um, um, yeah, as well from Brentford. He scored against us yesterday. It was a good finish. He did. Um, poor poor defence. It was poor defence, but um, I mean, have you seen the highlights of that game yesterday? Brentford. No, I've only seen Carrera's goal. Like the goals just gradually. So the first one uh, by Alanga, um, young United forward, 
is like a scissor kick near the penalty spot, like a sideways yeah. scissor kick, not an overhead kick. Um, the second one is a vol uh, like hit on the half volley into the top corner. By, uh, I've forgotten who scored that for Brentford. The third one is Pereira's like goal of the season contender. Um, well, like goal of the decade contender. It's like absolute fucking belter. Um, Adam Buemos were yeah, poor defensively and then he just uh, starts it quite um, confidently past Heaton. Um, and he'd only been on the pitch for like five minutes. Um, yeah, and Buemo is someone that I, I just want to yeah, see how he settles in to the Premier League um, because especially if uh, Brentford do play this two up top and he's one of the two then like Greenwood he's a OIP we spoke about him a little bit in uh, the first podcast so yeah that's who I'd be looking at um, finally uh, from Steve evening or afternoon Steve depends when you're listening um, is a front line of Watkins Antonio and DCL a decent way to go unless Kane goes to Man City of course I like, well, I like Watkins, Antonio, and DCL um, out of the three. Antonio is probably the one that I least like. Um, what do you think? Um, I've been having a lot of second thoughts on DCL, you know. Hmm. Um, he's probably the one I least like out of them. Even with the, for me, with those opening fixtures, Southampton at home, yeah. Leeds away. Uh, Brighton, Brighton, I almost said Birmingham. I always did your, what you do. Brighton, <laughs> Brighton away and Burnley at home. Um, yeah, very good opening fixtures. Um, I don't know. I, just that, I mean, after that, they've got Villa and Norwich. Yeah, they've got great opening fixtures. I don't know. I just... The first six game weeks. Everything are ridiculous. Yeah, the fixtures are very good. Um, I don't know. I just get put off by Everton a lot. And I've got Dean already in my side. So that's why I took out DCL at the moment. And the other thing with um, DCL is he performs better when Richarlison's not there. And Richarlison ain't going to be playing in the first couple of game true. weeks. Because, yeah, uh, we're still, what's the date today? 29th. So we're only, we're still a week away from the final of the Olympic Games tournament and Brazil like blowing teams away. Um, and I think I think he scored five goals already in the to- tournament. I think in f- three games wow. he scored five goals. Um, so yeah, I'd, that's, that's the one thing that, like knowing that in the past when Richarlison's been away um, or injured and or suspended because he gets he picks up red cards as well. Um, I still Cap- don't know where their still... creativity is coming from, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Everton are another side that there's probably a lot of uh, dealings going on behind the scenes because um, they're going to need a create. We're pretty certain they're going to need uh, another creative midfielder um, to come in. So they've got. I mean, they've got the man. man well, they had the manager in charge last season as well. Um, they've got Benitez there to um, oversee it all. Um, they, I, I mean, ideally, they just need someone to rotate with Rodriguez, don't they? Like, keep Rodriguez, mm. like, be able to play Rodriguez for an hour every week, like, without him getting injured. 
Um, and then you play the other player for half an hour every week. So in an ideal world, because um, I mean, at times at the start of last season, I think it was the Premier League schedule, like the way that the league was scheduled last season, it was just too hectic for a player that's as injury prone as James Rodriguez is. And this season with the games being back to normal um, and sort of that week's rest between games, I think it will do him um, a lot of good to just have that rest and recuperation between. So I'm I'm for DCL and slightly against Antonio, but you're for Antonio but against DCL. I'm indifferent on Antonio. But we both agree on Watkins. Um, we both agree on Watkins, yes. Uh, right, okay, that's all the questions, right, Rob? Yep, that is it for the questions. Um, we did have okay. did we, want... did, we did have another question, but um, which was how do I join the mini league? So that leads us on to uh, that. That leads us yeah, on to. We can wrap up the pod from um, Mr. Sports Gamer. He asked, "How do you join the mini league?" So um, for those watching on the video, uh, you'll be able to see. Um, the code for the podcast mini league where uh, the winner will receive a shirt with our face on um, or our names or something um, or your name if you no. want if you want it um, so yeah that will be for the winner of the podcast mini league um, the link to join like the auto join link will be in the um, podcast description uh, underneath or in the YouTube description uh, video description underneath as well um so you can join the podcast mini league um if you want to take part in the big fpl mini league there is an entry requirement um if you again at the bottom of the descriptions underneath uh, the podcast there's a google form that you uh, link to that you can see all the full details there's loads of different competitions currently the entrants are just over 150 um which is crazy considering we're still over two weeks away from the start of the season. Um, so yeah, get involved. Um, yeah, plenty of plenty of prizes to be won. Um, yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be good. That's all in support of Rudrick Football Club, who are on the Sussex and Surrey border uh, near Horsham. Awesome. Right, Rob, anything else to discuss before we go? No, I think that's about it. Um, yeah <laughs> perfect all right uh to you the listeners thanks for tuning in you can find us on twitter at fpl underscore happy hour we're also on a number of podcasts including spotify and apple music and our youtube channel fpl happy hour uh please like subscribe and share uh read and all your retweets are really appreciated so until next week take care get it right see you later guys cheers <laughs>